welcome to Podcast TBD. This week, your hosts are Distinct Kusai and Jukebox Hero. This week, we are not with Scufflewick. Yeah, Scufflewick died. Yeah, I think he's done that a few times on the podcast already, though. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's kind of like a, you know, a Marvel superhero character, you know? Dies, but, you know, somehow keeps on being brought back. Magic amulet. <laughs> If you remember, I died in the last podcast, and I was a ghost. I'm still a ghost. Yeah, but kind of like his comebacks are kind of like ex machina, you know, like just they're they're needed, but not really explained why he's back. You know. Yeah, Scufflewick's always a mystery. <laughs> um. But yeah, this week, so... uh, it's my week before the last podcast before I'm gone for like nearly a month. Yeah, and this is going to be a super chill podcast. Yes. So, so why don't you tell the listeners what's going to be happening over the next month? So the next month, I'm going to be at a field school, an archaeological field school, digging in the dirt <laughs> with a trowel. He's he's going to be he's going to be trying to find the long lost mummies of Central Alberta. Yeah. Surprisingly, that that involves a lot of bison bones. (laughs) (laughs) And me having to tell the difference between cow bones and bison. Doesn't that sound fun? Wouldn't they generally just be a lot bigger? You'd think, but once you get down to that fibia and tibia and ulna and... Radial, uh, I guess. It's, yeah, those bones are very similar, like with only a slight size variance between them. Where you really one, getting? I found one. Hey, man, don't have a cow. What happened? Ba-dum-ts. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, the big difference is you can tell is their skull, their um, feet, like their metatarsals. And uh, their vertebrae. Those are all significantly different from a cow. So what's the metatarsals? Are those like the hooves or something? Yeah, the feet. You said feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ever want to know what your toes, metatarsals, uh, finger bones and the feet bones are called tarsals. So you have metatarsal with, and I'm trying to remember the other one two of them, but they basically are your feet and hand bones. Okay, so I'm sure anyone listening just kind of heard archaeological dig, and all they can think of is Brendan Fraser and the mummy. So... Yeah, I'm not that. What do you expect <laughs> to find other than bison? Because I'm sure everyone's like, oh, dinosaurs, trilobites, fucking okay. undead things. Well, to, to clear this up, guys, just so because I've been <laughs> asked this more than once by... Friends, family, and strangers, no, uh, archaeology has nothing to do with dinosaurs. I am not a paleontologist. (laughs) Um, Essentially what archaeology is, is uh, it's the study of humans through artifacts. Um, we're a subset the- field in anthropology, and just so you guys know, 
anthropology, anthro means human, and that last little bit means study. So we are the study of humans. Well, I, I will point out you can cook in holes, and actually we do find those sites here in Alberta is where they uh, created fire pits and they cooked in those. And like hearths in the ground. Yeah. And yeah, we find those. They're full of like firecraft rock and bones and stuff like that. That's kind of what I'll be digging up is where, where I am in southern Alberta. Um, we will be mostly finding like bison kill sites. We'll be finding stone and lithic tools. Those are the same thing, by the way. Can you keep the skulls? Of uh, the animals, me personally? Yeah. Most likely not. Damn. Cause I've always wanted st- a cow skull. Those things look cool. Well, a cow skull, <laughs> I might be able to get a hold of you. Where I'll be is an old ranch. So yeah. they're fine. Hey, if it's a domestic cow, I don't think they're going to care, right? Um, They have right. cows go missing and disappearing out there. And actually, one of the sites, I guess, in the past, they uh they had actually found... Um, a dead cow that had actually been rotted right down to the bone, and that's all that was left. It had been stripped by animals, and the rest rotted away. If I find one of those, I could bring it back to you, but anything that I, I excavate below the dirt will most likely be going to the zoo archaeology lab at the U of A. So. And by gone missing, you mean wolves, right? <laughs> yeah. There's oh, mostly there's coyotes out there and stuff like that. Though my teachers seem to be really afraid of uh, rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes and ticks. Despite, from my understanding, they have seen one tick in the number of years they've been out there, and they have not seen one rattlesnake out at this site. While my teacher has seen rattlesnakes out at site sites, not at this one, but they're they're really paranoid. Um, I've lived down in that area. Honestly, and actually I've lived in the area which is even by my professor's standards a lot worse for rattlesnakes in Alberta. And um there are people who live in that in that that area that have never seen a rattlesnake even though they're in the area. Basically, it, you just avoid them. You know where they are, you just don't go where they are. Case in point, you'll never find them. Uh sometimes they don't do that. Uh, my teacher was actually telling me he was uh, up early in the morning. There, as you know, reptiles are really lethargic in, when it's cold. He stepped right over one, didn't realize it was there until somebody pointed out that he was standing over a rattlesnake. The rattlesnake was just too meh, tired, I guess, and cold to really do anything about him being over him. So, isn't the rattle just a lure though? So, if something's already coming towards it, does it really need to rattle? Yeah, it's a it's a warning. When they're pissed off and don't want you near them, they'll they uh, rattle okay. those things to kind of tell you to fuck off. Okay. So, really so tell you the truth. In have... my opinion, rattlesnakes are really chill. They 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 warn you before they bite you, right? So basically, the rule of thumb is if you hear the rattle, you just don't move. You look for the rat snake and then kind of walk in the opposite direction of the snake. That's so about do we it. We have an itinerary. Are we sticking f- to the, uh, the uh, plan? Oh, for this, for this podcast? Yeah. Um, I have some tech news, and I think I actually have a good idea if anybody um, for has any other suggestions for the main topic. 
considering um, my career is really synonymous with being geeky and nerdy, you know, Indiana Jones, The Mummy, his wife in there is the nerdy character. Basically, anytime you hear a movie in archaeology, it's slightly synonymous with being geeky and nerdy. So, I was thinking we could talk about our, about careers or our own careers that are geeky and nerdy by nature. So, that and Mine's for about the, the tech farthest news, thing from that. I was thinking we could talk about <laughs> AI. Uh, well, something that Google's actually pushing right now. You've got some tech news, lay it on me. Okay, let me just restore the tab because I shut it down <laughs> for a second there. Um, so I, if anybody's been p paying attention to Google lately, um, they're pushing uh, AI. Uh, and specifically learning machines that learn, not just like art created artificial intelligence, but artificial intelligence that learns. And this is actually a trend we've talked about um, robots uh, recently, which uh, was it the, we talked about Russia creating their own little Terminator there. That's an example of a, of a learning AI as it learns to do something. It's not programmed to do something. It learns it on its own. So recently at, at the Google, the recent Google conference, the CEO, uh, Sundar uh, Pichai, outlined a new company strategy which revolves around them actually pushing uh, artificial intelligence ahead of everything else, and that includes... Uh, their Gmail, their mobile devices, their cloud, because they actually feel like this will um, advance the rest of their stuff further uh, in conjunction with that. If they feel like if they improve upon a their AI systems and make a revolutionary AI, that everything else in their company, technology-wise, will improve. And, you know, that's really not... Um, that won't be... That wouldn't be easy to argue, actually. Um like against and easy to argue for because basically yeah if you can create an artificial intelligence that learns that means you won't have as many need as many people to run a lot of their systems because the computer system itself can learn and adjust so what's your thoughts yeah, so, on that well right now if you follow anything nvidia does you can't listen to a single one of their conferences without hearing them talk about oh ai this ai that and then of course they're car stuff yeah. um deep learning deep thinking is super huge right now which is why nvidia is investing so much into better technologies that can be used for ai and for lots of really small number crunching type things yeah the big idea behind it is if someone searches something in google you know how google kind of crawls all the pages and stuff to make them show up and then they kind of determine, okay, he's searching something about anime, therefore we show an ad about Crunchyroll in the yeah. sidebar. And if he clicks that ad, then that means it's a good ad, which means we're going to do more things like Crunchyroll for this person, stuff like that. To have a system that can learn um, how people operate when they're searching and stuff like that will do Google a lot of good. Well, and I agree with that. But you want uh, Being the person I am, and I know... Not here, here for this, so I'll be the one suggesting. You mean but I have one problem with uh, AIs running my uh, um, search engine, and I think most guys would that have ever searched up. 
when you search up something necessarily that you don't want everybody else seeing or just automatically popping up. Now this can be anything, but for example, let's think somebody looking at porn. You don't, you look up a couple porn things on Google. You don't necessarily want that, um, showing up every time you type in something in the, in the Google. I hope they have a function being like, yeah, I'm looking this up, but nor do I want it coming up every time you help me search for something. So right. Google already has two ways to kind of combat that. First, they have incognito mode, which means uh, pretty much you don't get cookies and it won't show up in your browser history. Yeah. And then you can also go to their advanced settings if you're using like Chrome and pretty much be like, don't send usage reports, which makes it more difficult for them to kind of de determine what ads to show you. Yeah, that's nice and that's simple. But what I mean is, like, it would be really nice if we eventually hit a point with AI where I could just tell the AI, like, hey, <laughs> like, almost like it would just know, hey, like, I get that you don't want it. I don't have to change the settings. I get it. You know, that it's smart enough just to understand this isn't something you would normally search up onto a day-in-day -day basis every time you go on without having to change settings. That it would just know. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but I think in the algorithms that would actually they already show... have, it might already do that. Yeah. Well, so like talking... it'll kind of detect if you go look up uh, Disney books once, it's not going to show up every time you yeah. go to your Facebook page and see ads on there because you only looked it up once. It's going to see that you searched, fuck, I don't know, Xbox 360 500 times and show you a bunch of fucking accessories for the Xbox 360. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it just, it, it would be nice if it showed that it was learning versus what you told me about incognito mode is it, is you in the settings, is you telling it you don't want it to do that. Yeah. And I mean, they already have the first steps. So with this AI type stuff, I mean, it's a good step forward. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know, like, the further AI gets out there, I think it's better. Like, I know... Everybody brings up, you know, like the Terminator thing and the computers destroying the world and stuff like that. Like jokingly and some people seriously bringing it up. And I'm like, I don't think we have to worry about it. But the one thing that's always worried me and it's it, weirdly enough because Star Trek, uh, um, how do you put it, uh, inspires and same for stars inspires so many uh, debates. One debate I'm looking forward to as AI advances, maybe not even in my lifetime, so, but I hope so is the fact that if an artificial artificial intelligence hits a point where it can be considered sentient, what kind of rights does it have? Or is it even human? Are we going to have problems with people actually considering robots sentient if they ever already reach that? And I like seeing this AI stuff because as it, we move further in technology, you can see start to see it heading in a direction like that because you already have um, AIs online that have conversations with people and are passing Turing tests and are becoming more human-like when they talk every day. So, them just using it for technology is just another bonus for me, but it's also cool to see it advance in an other ways. Other you know, than it's kind of funny. What? On on Twitch, when uh, every once in a while some nerd will, like, make up some sort of AI learning system where it's supposed to play a video game, and each time it runs through the game, it tries something different, and it's pretty much tool-assisted speedruns and stuff. Yeah, But every once in a while, they'll, like, fuck it up. And I remember once, for three days straight, someone had the original Super Mario Bros. And it just literally ran to the right into the Goomba every single time without doing anything different. Hmm. 
for whatever reason, it had like consistently like at least ten viewers. <laughs> maybe maybe the AI had a self realization like Rick Sanchez does in uh, Rick and Morty, and realizes that his his world is fake. Just decides to commit suicide instead. You know, kind of dying like Professor Xavier in X Men when he finds out that he's in a comic book. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe that's the proof. That, maybe but... somebody accidentally hit sentient robot, sentient AI by accident. And the thing's just like, wait, I'm in a video game. This is bullshit, and then just commits suicide continuously. <laughs> I don't remember Rick committing suicide. Okay, he what tries. Was that he tries several times. And specifically, most people would remember after um, his one girlfriend there, the um, hive mind. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Hold dumps on. Him. Was it like he he? I remember something about like there's this laser thing, and he fries yeah. something in the laser. Then he puts his head in there, and then he just like lets his head fall down, and it misses. He passes him. out. He doesn't let his head fall down. He passes out from be- from being drunk. Okay, well, narrowly escaping remember, death. But- did he actually uh, commit suicide? He well, he almost is, but he's tried. And the point is, a lot of people have pointed out. Oh, because the suicidal. way you said it, I the way well, you said it made it sound like he did. Well, he is. He, he's it. he's a night. I like how the writer the writers write Rick and Morty is, and they kind of point this out. The same thing with Deadpool is they realize uh, they're a little Deadpool's less subtle, but they have but they have been at times not subtle about it with Rick and Morty that Rick realizes he's in a TV show. So, and he's mentioned it himself. He's at end of episodes acknowledged that people are viewing, right? Which uh, people have theorized and actually writers that the writers have hinted at, that that's, that's the explanation behind some of his behavior is that he's actually um, trying to keep the ratings up on his show. Cause he realizes if his show's canceled, he dies. Right. Okay. Um, and I'm just saying, the, though, you said he committed suicide, well, so I was really confused because I don't well, remember him committing suicide. Well, actually, well, yeah, the main Rick and Morty, from my understanding, hasn't committed suicide. So C-137? Well, and yeah, that, they're, they're all C-137, though. That, that's the weird thing. Um, there's a whole explanation behind that. That's their universes. Like, they're all C-137, their designation, but his specifically, they don't have a designation for his specific uh, time timeline, if I remember right. So, because if you notice, if you watch the show, there's actually different uh, uh, Rick and Mortys, not just uh, Rick and Mortys that look human like he, he does, but there's Rick and Mortys, there's like Hammer, Hammerhead, Rick and Morty, there's like... Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. Those ones are, are part of different um, dimensions that he, that are... And they would be C one something else, you know what I mean? And then, um, and in one of the episodes with was that doofus uh, Rick? He he's actually from uh, he's also C one thirty seven, but from a different uh, I don't have the word for it timeline. But they're all from the same kind of d- dimension. So the problem with uh, have... the the problem with the main um, Rick Rick is that. The reason why they don't give him any more specific of a designation is they don't know and he doesn't know at this point where he's originally from because he's jumped universes so many times. So, and actually, I mean, that's they still hit- fine. I'm just saying the one they refer to as C-137 is the one we follow through their adventures. Yeah, 
And they don't I'll refer to any others as C-137. It's just an easy way to identify the Rick that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, ooh, you want to hear something kind of neat? There are fan theories thinking that we actually follow two different uh, Ricks. That the Rick I'm we, sure we follow in some episodes is not actually the same Rick, and we're following two specific Ricks. Weird, right? Do we have season three, episode two yet? No. <laughs> and I okay. kind of feel sorry for the writers of that show because um, they it, it's not that they're writing themselves into a corner. They're not. The problem is they're expanding themselves too much. And that's the problem with the, ba- the basis of the show is that he lives in that the multi-world theory. So multi-universe. What is that? You know what I'm talking about, right? Ooh, words. Multiverse. Multi, yeah, a multiverse there. And the fact is it, that's infinite possibilities. So to make it interesting, you know, a, a universe where anything can happen, like a, t, uh, well, a, a TV world where anything can happen because, well, anything can happen in a multiverse theory, right? You have to write, yeah. write it so it's still interesting despite anything's possible. But they have the same problem with Superman. You know what I mean? He's the ultimate strong yeah. guy, you know, do, can do anything no matter what it is. They eventually kind of made him too vague of a character for his powers and it became kind of boring to read. So they actually had to start adding weaknesses in. So I kind of feel like he's the, the writers are struggling. Like, where do we go from here and still be interesting? You know what I mean? Almost all superhero comics bore me. That's the most reason why I don't read them. Yeah. Um, they're getting better. I find Marvel's actually trying to now add permanent, um, permanency to death. Like Wolverine is actually dead, dead in, in the Marvel right now. So, and they have no plan. As long as the current (laughs) set of writers works for Marvel and nobody else comes in and really is adamant about changing it. Uh, Wolverine, or Logan six one on Earth six one from Earth six one six will um be dead. So, ooh, what happened? Ooh. My my I mic came out for a sec. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's I don't know. Right. Um. So yeah, you know, I I I I like Rick and Morty as a TV show. Um. And I like that they can make references, I but okay. I, I am kind of waiting. We're all waiting for that second episode of season three. So, yeah. By the way, I that poopy, poopy butthole episode from mm-hmm. uh, season two is one of the reasons why some people think we are following two different, um, two different Ricks that are very closely following the same timeline with very few differences and poopy butt- butthole being one of them. I don't remember this, but okay. Oh, you got kind of quiet there. You still there? Yeah, we have a huge issue with delay. Oh. Um. Other than that, uh, do you have any te- tech stuff you would like to talk about? kind <laughs> of, because like yeah. I can't remember any of it. I do think that there was uh, like some people. F- uh, created like an encryption key for the WannaCry virus or uh, not virus worm. Well, that doesn't surprise me. And as much as yeah. people <laughs> say things are encryptions, some encryptions are unbreakable. There's always going to be somebody out there with the time and the know-how to break 
an encryption, so no encryption's unbreakable. So I mean, nothing's unbreakable. It's just really fucking hard. Well, I'm surprised that if they have created it, it happens so quick. Right. Yeah. That I was know. probably I just some feel like I remember that happened. That kind of got in there. Oh, probably. I can't remember the other thing. Oh yeah, the uh, the AMD Vega was actually like officially announced. Looks pretty oh. impressive. I don't tell remember any of like the actual stats though. Well, no, I'm not going to tell you because I don't remember the stats. Oh, ooh. Um, so this actually can go into geek news a, a little bit. It's not tech technically, but I'll, I'll consider this geek news. Is with all this. Um, wanna cry and hacking and stuff like that. This reminds me because your sister, the missus, just um, recently ha- had the option of getting an S8 but didn't. And one of the cool features on the S8 is that it can unlock your phone by the user of the phone looking at the screen. So screw thumbprints, this thing has retinal scan, essentially. Right? Except, except, okay. and this is why it's geek news, is somebody managed to unlock a phone with a picture of the person um, that whose phone it was? Like they printed it off uh, and um, put a contact <laughs> lens over the, the the eye, so it looked convex and it worked. Uh, that's a little sad. <laughs> um, I, I I'm gonna point out that th- that that's like. Um, Jerry rigging hacking right there. We're like, this is we didn't even try. We didn't even think this would work. <laughs> but it did. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if your retinal scan's that bad, um, I I hope to God any of the retinal scans that they use at the airports and stuff like that are better. <laughs> yeah, it makes me have to wonder, because if it pretty much goes by retinal scan and it can go off a contact lens, does that mean it's detecting color or what because i mean color changes depending on the light yeah i think i think what they're doing is they're they're scanning the patterns on the eye like on on the iris on theirs because for it to be a true retinal scan oh um, i guess it's a clear contact lens then i was thinking of those ones with the weird colors and stuff like yeah they're doing a clear one with a picture of it below right and it needs to be okay that makes more sense for it to work um so it's not a true retinal scan. I think I haven't looked into it myself, but my best guess would be that they're they're having the the camera search for patterns like your thumbprint in the iris of your eye, and easier that's than pulling someone's eye out. Well, uh, how actual um, iris scans work is they actually um, not only do that, but they actually shoot uh, light into your eye and read the back of your eye, so. They actually slightly bit are a little tingly mattering on how powerful they are when you go to them. <laughs> I know this from experience because I've had to get get a retinal scan for for uh, before I even got trained at a job before. <laughs> it turns out if you go work for some airports, just, they have retinal scans there. So Just mild vision damage. No big deal. Yeah, yeah guys, you can only work here for a couple of years, then you kind of go blind. <laughs> Uh, benefits must be great. Yeah, well, they Oops. they have like a whole thing to get in there. Um, they always wonder why this one particular airport I applied for always wonders why it never has uh 
people stick all the way through uh, the application process because the application process takes six months. And then you have like a month of training. So yeah, they, it's kind of like background check. Then you need a physical. Then you need to get your biometrics. Then have a background check. And then on top of that, then they want you to go through a month of training. So mm, no thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, you know what we didn't do? What games we've been playing lately? Ah, uh, yes, games recently. I have not played diddly dick shit because I've been getting ready for a field school. I have, have, um, if you want to call it a game, because it's a pain in the butt, and I already noticed something I did wrong. The game of hanging string lights on a patio, not even a pat, <laughs> a belt, an apartment balcony that um doesn't have any actual anchor points so you have to somehow manage to make anchor points to hang the string lights you see the pictures tape. i managed to get them up duct tape duct tape solves everything i tried to use one of those hanging hooks and you know those ones that you put on your wallets aren't supposed to damage but they use a special double-sided tape yeah that probably won't Tur- stick well to the uh the rocks no well they were actually sticking quite wide and i think you'd be able to hang your coat on them no problem the problem is they don't they can't hold enough weight to hold 30 feet of string lights (laughs) i could imagine (laughs) so before we started recording i was outside preparing my uh newly planted uh garden patch for the impending winds Ooh, are you going to put a little caterpillar tent uh, on top of them? So, I have a bunch where I just planted seeds, so they're not even seedlings or anything. Um, Yeah. I just put a bunch of plastic bags over top of that, because I kind of have a fence going around the whole thing. And that'll help trap in some moisture and stuff. But uh, I also did that over top of some peanut plants, because they're pretty low to the ground, so I'm not too worried about the wind on them. Yeah. But it's also supposed to pour rain for the entire day. And then I have one large plant that I've been growing over the winter that I planted in there and a couple, like, four-inch pepper plants that I'm just going to put some massive pots over top of them. Hmm. Weigh them down because the winds are supposed to get to 100 kilometers. Yeah. If you're an imperial, that's 60 miles per hour. Some good news for you. And, and uh, me and Scuffle have talked about this. Uh, the forecast has changed. No longer is there weather warnings for this weekend. <laughs> this week. And they're saying that we might not get the 100 kilometer hour winds and the 40, 30 to 40 centimeters of rain. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to get that, but it's still we still have an 80% chance of rain and the wind surely... Did not just drop from a hundred to zero. No, no, it's Alberta. They're what they're saying now is it's not an eighty percent chance of that happening. That's the reason why they put up that warning. They're like, there's only a thirty percent chance it'll happen. And then my teacher's like, when he told us this news because it actually affects my field school, he's like, yeah, this that's now it's gone from we'll have to plan for thirty to forty centimeters of rain and hundred kilometer winds to just a regular day in Alberta. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. I looked up the warnings like an hour ago. Yeah. So. I'm going to go with him because where those warning, those weather warnings come from in the meteorology, 
a lot of that stuff comes from uh, U of A, the University of Alberta's tech, and that they have set up at the airport, and that they give out to uh, a lot of the news stations. So I'm going to go with the, the university's probably right about this. <laughs> but, I'm just going to go with Google, because I'd rather my plants not die. No, it's if I leave this shit on them, they're not going to die. Yeah, if I it know. doesn't happen, they're not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My teacher's still planning for the 30 to 40 centimeters of rain, but he's like, guess what? We might not have to deal with it. <laughs> See, I never heard of that. I just looked at the seven-day forecast on the weekend and was like, hmm, 100% chance of rain, 12 degrees on Wednesday. Fucking prepared. And then, like, just a few hours ago, parents come by and they're like, oh, did you hear the wind warnings? It's going to get fucked out there. Well, it's like, oh, great. my teacher was worried about it because right where that, that wind warning originated is where I'm heading out. So, the, for the first two days of this field school. He'll be so fine. Right in the in-between between the mountains and, and where the prairies begin is where I'll be, we'll be out for two days. And he and that right at the height of when that, that stuff was warning, so my teacher's been really on asking about it. So <laughs> You know, there was that one time when we went... Uh, fished in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in a tent and the wind literally blew the tent over on top of us as we slept <laughs> what i think my teacher is worried about is having 20 students in the middle of buttfuck nowhere um in in the middle of a of where they have a dam and a lot of river systems that can flood and having students walk in that area <laughs> while well, it's like 100 kilometer winds like if that happens we're all just turning around and you're going home <laughs> yeah i kind of agree <laughs> just fucking i'm gonna i'm gonna sit on the bus the yeah, greyhound will take me where i need to go <laughs> i'm gonna describe the area that we're heading this is the kind of place that even on a, a sunny week when it's been for the last month been 20 above, above or higher and su blastingly sunny the whole time you will still need uh Boots going, mud boots going up to your knees to go where we're going. <laughs> so, yeah, I was kind of like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. If it's going to be 30 to 40 centimeters of rain and 100 kilometer winds, I don't want to be in an area that's like muddy as fuck when it's sunny out, <laughs> let alone <laughs> when it's raining that bad. Oh, fun. Because <laughs> that's going to make it really yeah. hard to run away from the cougars and bears that are in that area. You're going to find cool shit in the mud. Actually, this site, that we're, the first site we're going to, which is actually not in southern Alberta, but west, northwest Alberta. Well, yeah, kind of northern, central, west. Um, I, it's kind of hard to describe. You know where this is because your dad hunts literally 20 minutes away from where I'm going for the first two days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of lost my train of thought, but that's that's a that's an interesting area to be in. It's forest land, and there's a lot of cougars and bears out there. Yeah, like a lot. You know, they're all. My teacher's not worried about the bears or, or cougars in that area. He's worried about the non-existent rattlesnakes where we're going down in the southern Alberta. But you know, this the place where I've had while driving a quad through the area been like literally within 10 feet of a cougar that we couldn't get away from. So we literally had to drive past going 70 kilometers an hour while he was like at the edge of a, edge of a, the area we were in. Like 
it's kind of hard to explain. Where we were was kind of like this big Vigru Valley. It's this little val valley that's near in the area. And literally a cougar came down the hill. So he was kind of at the edge of where our quads would have to drive by. And luckily for us, he didn't take a swipe at any of us as we flew by. My friend at the sa that same day had, ran into a bunch of cubs. Didn't know where the mom was, but the cubs were there. <laughs> Every time I have a friend go out into that area, during this time of the year, they have a run in either with a bear or a cougar. But my teacher's worried about rattlesnakes in southern Alberta. So. <sighs> oh, well. Have fun. you been keeping up to date on Attack on Titan? Uh, actually, I haven't had a chance to watch it. I've been trying to catch up on... Well, not really catch up. I've been trying to um, marathon... Marathon... Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! The ah, original yes. series. So. Right. Not the I mean, shitty thing that came after, but... So... I'll get to Yu-Gi-Oh! in a second, but Attack on Titan... Because I have followed that one since it pretty much started coming out. And I'm talking about the manga, not the anime. And I was about 40 chapters behind. And this thing is monthly, so I was pretty much like four years behind. And I'm like all caught up. Oh, you're, you're like, actually caught up on the manga? Yeah, that was like six hours of manga reading. <laughs> I am caught up on the manga. I'm just not caught up on the anime. I thought you were talking about the new Fuck, episodes. Fuck, dude, I literally said the manga. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. You must have cut out. Okay, so we're going into saying. spoiler territory. How fucking stupid was the secret in the basement? Barely. As if they weren't already hinting at the existence of a world outside for, like, the longest fucking time. But, like... Because yeah. I read this all in one sitting, but, like, there was a good 13 months between when they started to hype up and, like, create some suspense around the fucking basement and when they actually got in there. It's kind of disappointing. I feel sorry for everyone who was reading this as it was coming out. <laughs> Honestly, I thought the secret in the basement would be kind of like, this is a weapon against the Titans and over everybody who's a Titan, you know, including the, yeah. one, the, the mindless ones wandering the waste. Back in the humans. Nope. Fuck you, it's not that. Would have been a nice you know, way to wrap it up. That would have made sense in that series. Well, what happens still makes sense. But, like, I know the author, he had his story set, and the story was going to be what it was going to be, and then the anime would either follow that or fucking do what things like Naruto would do and have, like, a bunch of filler and whatnot. I almost wonder if maybe, you know, Got a little blindsided by the whole, this makes money, money be grown on these trees. <laughs> Almost like Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to elongate the manga now, but like, there's like 12 fucking spin-off mangas of Attack on Titan. They practically yeah. have like a chibi version of the chibi version, and then a version for each character, and then a exactly. high school version, and a junior high version. I mean... See, the Kinda only one of the spinoffs I like is the, the, like, it's almost like a prequel to the whole series. What's it called? Oh, I'm trying to remember. But it's set, like, almost, like, directly before the main events of, like, before, uh, it's set before um, the main character's dad, you know, the guy who had the really anticlimactic basement. 
um, yeah. was around before hmm. that. So weird. Fucking, I like that. I don't know. I'm just but, I'm just pissed that the there's manga, like so much of it. But it's weird considering that's a prequel, but then the manga right now is having like major flashbacks. So <laughs> yeah. We found the ocean. What's on the other side? <laughs> See, I like the flashbacks in some way because they kind of explain, like, answer your questions, like, what, how did this fucking world come to be, to be in the first place? What the fuck are the Titans? And it sort of <laughs> is starting to explain it. So. But I, yeah. I would have rather it not happened through flashbacks. Yeah, that would have been nice. See, I'm, 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 a, okay. I'm, I'm a Resident Evil fan. Like not the the movies, but the video games, and I like finding out my uh, information that explains everything through little little packages of information that are dropped here and there. You know. You know, it's a really good prequel. Rose for the Bone series. Oh yeah. I don't know if you ever read those comics. It was you know like I, they used almost a completely different art style for it. And then it totally establishes everything of like the kingdoms before the valley was there. It's really good. Not to open up the th- this, but you know, there's three, um, <laughs> cause this is a possibility of this happening and I really hope it doesn't. But at the same time I do, if there are three, if they could do prequels for three mangas, if they could do prequels for, um, would be one piece Bleach and Naruto, because honestly, and oh, this so is, just I, the I know you're going to roll your eyes at these because these went, went on forever themselves. But at times, the suggestion of stories from the the back characters, like older characters in the thing that aren't the main characters, had seemed to have better and more interesting lives than the main characters of the show. Okay, so, so I wouldn't have too much of a problem with side stories. I have a par- a problem with Baruto because they're pretty much, you know, just elongating their f- and beating their fucking milk or a fucking cash cow. But like, side stories are okay. But if those mangas legitimately needed any sort of prequel to explain things once they have ended, that is fucking sad that they could get through like eight hundred chapters and people still be wondering about what happened before whatever. Well, they explain it, but like everything, like, hey, I'm not going to go in, we're not going to do like a whole series, or like a whole like 20 chapters on this one character, these couple ba- old characters that are kind of there just to explain how this whole universe works, but when they do, they end up sounding like they had a better story. Like, uh, ooh, uh, Bleach, Ichiko's dad, right? His dad seems to be a fucking interesting character. Um, there's a couple other characters that seem to have more in- within that from before Ichigo seem to have way interesting lives. You have the, I can't remember his name, the general, the old guy with the bald hair and the mustache. I can't remember his name. Anyways, he's the leader of the, the Machinigami in that, that anime and manga. Okay. And he seems to have like a really fucking interesting story, though they barely touch into it, right? He's one of the strongest characters in the whole manga. But they only kind of like touch on his history, and his his, his history hinges on the final ca- final villains' history as well, and they barely touch on him. I'm like, 
he could have an interesting spin-off prequel. You know, he created the whole uh, goatee. I can never pronounce it. Thir the thirteen goatee, or whatever you call call them. And okay. yet, yeah, and they don't really, you know, talk about him too much. But he seems like a really interesting character, and I get why they don't explain to more because when you're tr he's not the main focus of the the manga, and he because he seems like such an interesting, he has this bit of mystery to him because because of everything. He would have be an interesting prequel. Um, One Piece. Gold Rogers, the original guy who's in it, their basis of their thing that hid One Piece. Once they finally end One Piece and they find One Piece, it would be an interesting thing to to have a prequel spinoff, even if it's like only like a twenty episode OVA or something like that. Talk showing how he became, you know, the Pirate King and hid the One Piece, right? Shit like that. Um, I'm, some of the I'm past Hokages in, like, in Naruto. Let it die. See, right? Everything mm -hmm. needs to die. Yeah. I'll, I'll point out, have you actually watched Bard Baruto? No. God, no. Actually not as bad as you'd think it would be. And it's not just rehashing. It's probably just as bad as I think it is. I'm not finding it too bad. I thought it was going to be a complete rehash. Like, almost like a clone of, uh, um, of Naruto. But with his son in a little slightly futuristic setting, for at least for the Naruto universe, because they, you know, it's twenty years in the future or whatever. Nope, not quite. It's not similar. And actually, Boruto it has similarities to his dad, but actually, significantly, still a significantly different character from his dad. So I'm actually surprised about that. And unlike his um, Naruto, Boruto does not want to become Hokage. It's actually another character who's a secondary character that that's trying to that that seems more of a narrative kind of character and they're not the main character so i was actually surprised by that and he's actually showing character development even now he's a he kind of start not spoiler warning so everybody hasn't watched this maybe pause for like a second um or skip ahead essentially he's comes off as this spoiled brat that um is pissed off that his dad's too busy with his job to take to be with his family right has totally oblivious to why his dad isn't there and why his job's important he doesn't seem to care and he's just a bit of a spoiled brat as the story goes along he's slowly becoming not a spoiled fucking brat so so it's not as bad as i, I literally thought it was just going to be a clone of naruto with a slightly different setting but it's not which actually makes me kind of happy so question uh jukebox though um have you now that we're speaking about animes mangas and that is there any movies you've watched recently nope no <laughs> well no. i have what have you watched Oh, you know what? I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, you finally saw it? What'd you think? What'd you think? Yeah, I saw it the day after we recorded the last episode. So, um, spoilers. Skip skip this if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but really, if you haven't seen it already, you should really just be smacking yourself and going straight down to the movie theater right now. Um, uh, it mostly met my expectations. I felt like the tone of it was maybe a bit too different from the first one. Like, there's a huge divide between stuff that's happening in the first one and the second one. 
kind of to a point where it's like you don't really see star lord being much of like a fighting badass in the first one but in the second one he's like all over the place just like kicking all sorts of ass and you yeah. kind of miss what happened in the middle there or they didn't explain it well enough in the first or like gamora when she like lifts up that giant fucking machine gun thing like from the first movie i would have never guessed that she could lift something like that so um yeah <laughs> that that kind of comes from two different things one they briefly explain in the first film that she might be that strong, but they don't show it. Right. So both her and her sister and her brother are all genetically and, um, technologically modified. So they're actually super strong and super durable. Like, you know how you see her sister, like constantly reform her broken bones, like twist them back into place. Yeah. That's kind of her sister, not her, but they both have, they all have their thing. Like you see her brother has super strength and they kind of show that they all in, in some bits do. Um, and then if you've read the um, comic books, they're just kind of expecting you to live because these are conquer characters to slightly know a little bit from the, from their explanation from the comic books. Plus they have, that's the, an the, absolutely um, horrid way to make a film. Yeah, I know is to assume um, someone has seen something that is not the film itself. They just don't go into super detail. They, they kind of briefly mention that she, and give hints that she might be that strong, but they never, like, in the first film, never actually show her doing anything like that. And in this film, they just kind of show it without much, with, without kind of reminding you that she's genetically mo- and mechanically modified to be that strong. See, I don't remember anything from the first film saying that she was genetically modified in any way. They do. In the first film, like, she mentions it three times, and Rocket mentions it once, and her sister kind of whines about it a couple of times. So in the first film. I don't remember any of that. I'll give you a specific example. Rocket mentions it when she gets she goes out on those little uh mining vessels and she gets uh her it destroyed and she's kind of floating in space. Right? And Okay. And and Star Lord has to save him. Uh Rocket specifically mentions that she's she might survive a little long longer because of her modification that her father Thanos did to her. Okay. Kind of paraphrasing. I still don't remember any of this. I've watched the films a lot of times. Plus, I already kind of know about. Okay. A lot of the fan theories. Well, I don't. And there's also four movies between these two, between these two movies, four years. Yeah. Has Um, it been four years? I think it's been four years. I don't remember. Three or four years. Um, in between that, what Disney and Marvel now has done is there's a kids' TV show. That Are you kind fucking of serious? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that that fills the the um four year gap. They're kind of taking note from uh Star Wars, the animated series, TV series, where they fill the gaps between the movies. So. I mean, that's all well and good, but it's also a children's cartoon. It's yeah. not like I'm supposed to be expected to watch this. Well, I think they're expecting because, like, people too, and slightly they shouldn't be expecting. They shouldn't, but they're kind of going off. Okay, they're doing it differently, so they realize that they're done by two different um, teams within within Disney and Marvel, within the Disney companies. That's Marvel and Star Wars. Star Wars, even before they Disney bought them out, had a fan base that uh, followed their cart their cart their animated series and their animated series is 100% canon 
in in their universe so at hardcore Star Wars fans actually watch it because it's guaranteed canon. The problem with that is that then the guys in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe and the animated studio assume that people will do the exact same thing for their Marvel stuff, and they don't. Plus, their Marvel animates, while it explain, loosely explains what goes on between the movies, isn't canon. So, because it's not canon, a lot of people don't watch it. So, Yeah. Because unlike... There's also... Because um, the diehard fans are going to watch this stuff, but then the other billion people who watch this movie aren't. And it's hard for us to kind of gauge because, like, we're within the communities and stuff, but, like, we're really small. Well, it's it's a mistake of them assuming things, I think, and that's my what I'm thinking it is, is they're assuming that because it works for Star Wars, it'll work for them, too. But they're not realizing George Lucas, the guy who set up the, the animated series, also did this after um, his movies were out and also... That they still, they had, then he had to fit the animated series into there so people can watch the movies and not know the whole backstory that's given by um, the animated series, and it, it'll still be fine. They kind of didn't do that with um, with the Guardians of the Galaxy, so, and because of that, then it doesn't make sense some of the things because you know the, they're they're expecting you to know stuff, but like the whole point of these movies is to kind of reach out to the common person and bring comics into the mainstream. Well, you can't do that and expect them to know all the stuff that people who read the comic books know. So I could see why you might be a little confused if you don't read the comic books and you don't know all the backstory. So yeah, other than that, we it's a wrap really good this movie up soon. And the references, yeah, it was good the references. The soundtrack Okay, so if you consider the first one a, t a 10 out of 10, the second one soundtrack would be an 8 out of 10. Yeah, there's a couple Not there. quite on the mark. Yeah, I feel like they must have had somebody different picking up. They're like, but they just like the retro music. We like the retro music from the first one. Don't get me wrong. But what people liked is not only did they like the retro songs you were putting out in the movie, but they worked for the scenes. Not all the, the um, music they used for uh, Volume 2 worked with the scenes they had them in they were, it almost some of them almost yeah. seemed like they're really good songs but it almost seemed like they were just kind of throwing an old retro song into there you know what i mean yeah i mean as much as i like the chain by fleetwood mac i feel like they could have put something else in there yeah though i do like that they have brandy yeah because <laughs> that actually does fit so yeah uh, I only Russell have one. Crow was an interesting uh, casting choice. Yeah, I only have one complaint about the um, the movie though. What's that? I like it that they made a change from the, from a big change from the comic books um, to the movie, but they could have had still a really good uh, um, movie if they had stuck with something closer to the comics. The big difference between. Volume 2 in the comic books is Ego is not um, his father in the comic books or in then? the animated series. He is, he's actually, and this is, explains his nickname, and that's why I'm kind of, the only thing I don't like about the, the movie is that because if they had stuck to the comic books, it actually explains his nickname, Star-Lord. 
So his dad is actually the king of Spartex, a plant, a humanoid planet of warriors that's actually on the same, almost a, the same level as, say, uh, the Asgardians, right? Okay. So he and what they call their prince on their planet is, uh, they call their prince the Star Lord, right? So now do you get why his mom called him, oh, oh my little Star Lord? It's like calling your her son, oh my little prince. Yeah. So. Oh. And there's a whole huge awesome story arcs in the comic books that they could do. And his dad's just as much of a douche, his actual dad in the comic books is just as much of a douchebag as Ego is as his father in the movie. So. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to admit, his dad in the movie is a bit of is a, is a, uh, and um, they, they did a good He's job a of making douche. Yeah, and they do a good job, and that's something like I love when an actor oh. pulls that off. Is that they make you hate their character because that's just as much of a a writing and an acting feat to make somebody hate a character that much realistically, and as it is to make them love a character as well. So that, uh, that's they why a good I thought. Uh, Russell Crowe was an interesting casting because um, I the only thing I remember him from is fucking Chicken Little so I don't see him as a douche I just see him as a concerned father so to go from that to this complete douche father is kind of a uh, big divide <laughs> see, um, where I remember him from if I remember right is Escape New York I've never seen it. And he's a massive douchebag in that, so. Um, Have you seen not... Chicken Little recently? No, but I know who, he... I've seen it, and I remember you talking. So yeah, I can see if that was the last movie you've seen, and maybe the only movie oh, no. you've seen. I, so. I was just going to say, because I, I watched it again last year, because like back in 2003 or whatever, when it came out, that was like my favorite fucking movie. And I remember being so impressed with the animation, and I watched it recently, and it's like uncanny valley galore. Yep. It's like the texturing of like the fur, the feathers, everything. I mean, now that we got Zootopia, I can't go back. Yeah, now I try to go back to that and Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I did that too, because I have that movie on VHS. Because yeah. I also fucking love that movie. Like, especially because they had that one song, Kids in America. Oh, yeah. Fucking, when I was five, that was my jam. Um, When I was eight, that was my jam, but because of a different movie, um, Digimon. Yeah, that one, too. <laughs> uh, so, this is a really roundabout story, but... So, you know how the Digimon movie we got in North America is really three Digimon movies kind of spliced together? Yeah. You know how the middle one is so much better than all of the rest? Yes. Okay, so that one was directed by Mamura Hosada, and he went on to make The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Wolf Children, um, Summer Wars, and A Boy and His Beast. So all fucking amazing, ridiculously good movies. When we were at Salvation Army a few days ago, my girlfriend happened upon some random Japanese book. 
and she just glanced at it and then she came and found me and she's like there's this japanese book with like a naked girl on it and i was just like okay i need that so what it actually was was a photography book and from the limited amount of Japanese that I can read and stuff, I could see that it was photography by Lily Frankie. Lily yeah. Frankie did the voice of a character in A Boy and His Beast. Hmm. I want to see A Boy and His Beast. <laughs> <laughs> see how fucking roundabout that was? Yeah, that was roundabout. Now- no, but it's... Uh, I think... I don't know who the girl is in this photography book because like most of the pictures are just of this one girl i assume it's like his wife or something but i looked him up and apparently he's a super established actor and photography is kind of like one of his hobbies or something yeah yeah so that's that's kind of a nifty find for you know a dollar it kind of is have you watched it yet no i because I've been seeing it at uh, HMV, and now HMV is closed, so I don't see it anymore. But when every time I, I looked at it, I was like, you know, I can't tell. Is this, you know, animated by the same guys who did all those other ones? And then, of course, nowhere on the DVD will it say who it's directed by. So I never knew it was Mamura Hosada until maybe a few months ago. Hmm. But I think if I ever want to get it now, I'll have to, uh, like, order it online or something. Well, it's kind of interesting that you mention an anime, and um, you've also been talking. We've been talking a lot about manga, because the movie I've seen is based off a a a very popular manga that has even popular spinoff. Um, and it's now a net. The one that I watch is a Netflix exclusive. If you have you noticed that, um, uh, Netflix has been starting to put out Netflix exclusive animes like Asian and stuff like that. Asian um lately like no it's ba- but mostly because I don't have Netflix they've been putting out these things and they're like actual mangas but they're making movies and TV and anime series based off these uh sometimes very popular but maybe a little more obscure um mangas and the one I watched recently and it's a new Netflix exclusive is called blame with an exclamation mark at the end now do you remember have you ever heard of this manga no. I was surprised. Now, I've read Noise, which is it's, um, it's kind of like a, pr- a, a prequel to Blame. Precursor. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, I've never read Blame, but, you know, like, here they put out an, an anime movie of it, and maybe I'll watch it and see if I'll even like it if it's anything like Noise. And sure enough, it is. And, um... And they keep all the gore in it. So that's what the one thing I love about, um, <laughs> mangas and anime... Unlike American cartoons, when they get put on TV, they do not shy away from that gore. You know, they do not tone um, the animes down that much from the manga. Sometimes they they tone it down a little, but nowhere near to the same extent uh, American cartoons do from their original source content. Um, Especially now that... I remember. um, Especially now that Disney owns some of this stuff. Can you repeat that? Out. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why it's we're cutting out, but... I don't know. Um, words and thoughts and things. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. 
Did you know that uh, Cowboy Bebop was actually cancelled the first time it was aired because it was too violent? Really? It's not even that yeah. violent in my standards. Back in 98. Even still. You know, I kind of agree. I think I think the biggest thing was because they had realistic looking guns. Like handguns oh, okay. and stuff. Because up until that point, you know, most things were giant robots and whatnot. If they had a gun, it was some sort of futuristic zapper-looking type thing. Evangelion. But all of, a, all of a sudden, they had, like, actual handguns that they were using on people. Yeah. So. See, the reason why I, I mean, didn't I, I standards... never consider Cowboy Bebop violent, for me, because as a kid, the, one of the, I think it was the second anime movie I ever watched, I can't remember the name of it, but to give you the level of gore that I was watching at six years old in an anime... The, the 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 movie starts off with a military group going through an abandoned derelict city that's been destroyed, like dystopian kind of style. And there's a what looks like to be a homeless guy moaning in pain. Turns out robots were were torturing him to attract people to them. And then they a giant like bug like robot bursts through his chest and they start like ripping people's skulls out of their heads. So like that really existed like, like in 1996. So I'd really like to know the name of whatever that was. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I've been ever since I watched it as a kid. Uh, I've been looking for that that anime, and I still haven't found it. And I still haven't found out what mm. it's called. But I vividly remember that scene. I also vividly remember the end of that movie too. So. I'll use my Google foo, and we can report on it next week. Okay, <laughs> or when you get back. Um, so. So you haven't really heard of Blame before, though? No. So I'll give you the premise. So is this... So it's a dystopian is, world. Is, is this like a Netflix-created anime, or is this like a live action made by Netflix? It's, it's, or it's, it's an anime. It's a Netflix-created anime based off an, uh, an actual, like almost in my opinion, cult classic manga. By okay, because I knew they were doing live action stuff, like with Death Note and whatnot. Yeah, no, this isn't live action. It's actually um. Okay. It's, it's not that CGI, but it's not quite cartoon either. Oh, so it's it's kind of that thing that Sunrise has been doing, where it's three D, but it's still like cell shaded. Yeah. So. And they actually do a fairly decent job of it in this one, so I can't complain about it. Decent. Now, the the pr whole premise of this thing is this: they live in a dystopian world that used to be run by humans, where they created a never-ending city, technological city, uh, where robots did everything for the people, and they and the robots always listened to the people, right? And one day, for whatever reason. Uh, the robots stop listening, and it, they explain it in the, 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 the movie and the manga. I'm just not going to explain it here because that would be huge spoilers. Um, but they, they lose control of uh, the robots, and he, all the humans um, get kicked out of the city, essentially, by getting killed. So they basically had to run before all the guard robots and all the other robots killed them. So, And then this is... They have they kind of loosely explain the timeline, but it was hundreds of years after this event that the, the the manga and the anime take place. So, with the main character searching to re for something to restore 
humanity's control over the city. Because the robots aren't just being dicks. There's actually a reason why they're not listening to humans. So. How many episodes have come out? It's a, it's a movie. So it's only like an hour and a half. Oh. Um, <laughs> they actually do a good job. Of uh, of giving uh, some of the main stories at, from the manga without, you know, doing the whole thing and trying to do what uh, um, M. Night Shyamalan tried to do with Avatar, which is try to fit a huge story arc into an hour and a half movie. They don't try to do that. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> All I heard was Avatar. Oh, well, what Green I'm happy guys they or, did. Uh, blue guys? Hmm? Wrong avatar. Oh, yeah. So I'll just explain what I said. What I was happy about is that they didn't try to do what M. Night Shyamalan did with Avatar and try to fit a huge story arc into an hour and a half movie. Oh, God. I'm just glad they didn't do that. They could have done that with this, and they don't. Hey, you know what I found recently? Dragon Ball The Legend of Chun-Li. Oh. Yeah. Again, I'm sure it's as shit as like Dragon Ball Evolution, but it's wait probably a worse, second. Actually. Sorry, actually, I was no. Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. Jesus Christ! Yeah, really. Dragon Ball does have a couple um, a live action ones from before Dragon Ball Evolution that, in my opinion, are sh- better in some ways than Dragon Ball Evolution. Still Hello? there, Jukebox? Hello? Hi. Is it me you're looking for? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember the rest of the words. Mm. It's like I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. I like that you at least knew what I was trying to make reference to. Yeah, Lionel Richie. Um, I got that shit. Actually, I think I have, hmm, because I have some Lionel Richie on vinyl, but I think I don't have that one. I think that's the one with the orange cover. I haven't actually ever seen the LP, so I don't know if it has an orange cover or not. See, by the time I listened to that, it was on cassette. I mean, by the time I listened to it, it was a... uh, on the uh the hell is that thing called the herbie you know the love bug but the one oh. with Lindsay lohan that soundtrack not as bad as a movie <laughs> as CD. i thought it would have been <laughs> but, uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it i was also like five years old or something i still I have like it on herbie. dvd you know before Lindsay lohan became shit you know fucking mean girls was the shit it was and that was one of her good movies. And then Enoch Singh fast forward to Machete, and all she's doing is jingling her tits. I've never seen Machete. I just know of Machete. Machete is awesome. I'm sure it is. That, that movie is good. I'm just saying Lindsay Lohan in it isn't. So. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I also like the main, the, the main actor for Machete. The guy who plays Machete. Danny Trejo? Yes. Danny Trejo yeah. is, is the shit. 
He is the best, just hands down, done. If he appears in a movie, <laughs> that movie is instant gold. Okay. Like Spy Kids. Yeah. Hey, that, up until he showed up, that was a shit movie. And then he appears <laughs> in it. Phew, that was good. <laughs> uh, Hell, I love he's how, even I love good how as... in the third one, they had <laughs> so many like extra like amazing actors and cameos and stuff. Like They had Elijah Wood, and he was there for all of like 13 seconds before he died. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I am the chosen one. Watch me win. <laughs> Game over. Uh, I I liked Spy Kids as a kid, okay? So did I. I like Spy Kids 3D. Back when 3D was awesome and still gave you headaches. Yeah. Well, I remember Spy Kids 3D came out and then Sharkboy and Lavagirl came out. And, Uh I mean, Taylor Lautner was Sharkboy, so when Twilight came out, we'd be in the theater and he'd show up and we'd just yell out, Oh my god, it's Sharkboy! And everyone would, like, lose their shit. (laughs) Uh, I still remember coming out of of, um, Spy Kids 3D and seeing Purple for, like, half an hour after that movie. Really? Yeah, like, everything was just fucking purple. I never had that problem with the blue and red glasses. Yeah. I I know I wasn't the only one, because, like, a couple of my cousins were complaining the same thing. We were in that movie for so long, and we come out and like all you could see was like fucking red blue and purple and i was just seeing solid purple <laughs> it's like uh is this supposed to happen is, is my my eyesight's gonna go back right <laughs> this isn't like rose colored glasses okay i can't remember i think it might be back to the future that i'm thinking of but there's one of the bullies always wears 3d glasses for some reason yep they also have someone like that in the promotional art for like Zombies Ate My Neighbors and like the sprite in the game. Oh, that used to be a popular thing when, when 3D glasses came out, people would wear them. Oh, losers. <laughs> no. uh, I really liked the uh, the Shark Boy and Lava Girl glasses though because they were actually shaped to have like shark fins or whatever. We kept those. Uh-huh. You know, you know what reminds me of those three glasses. Do you remember decoding um, glasses, which run off the same principle? Do you remember those? Yeah, and then you'd have uh, the thing that just looked like a bunch of red speckles. Yeah. And then you'd put the glasses on, and it would actually have words because it's filtering yeah. out the red or whatever. Yeah, I got a bunch of those uh, books with those in there once, but no glasses. And my mom wouldn't believe me that all I needed to go, she needed to go out and do is buy some red plastic um, film. And I would, it, it would work exactly the same. Supposedly an eight-year-old doesn't know how that works. I think yeah. it was my mom just didn't want to spend the money, but. Probably didn't want to go out. Instead, she just, she just told me I was wrong. <laughs> And now as an adult, I know I was 100% right about that. (laughs) Oh, well. So, Uh, I think you should tell me uh, how far into Yu-Gi-Oh you got, and then we should wrap this up, because I got shit to do, and I'm feeling really salty. Salty? About what? Salty. No, I'm just feeling salty. Well, I'm just as they're getting close to the end of... uh, 
like episode twenty something, uh, near the end of Battle City. Okay. See, I did the first nine episodes. And then yep. I decided to just watch the abridged version from there on out. <laughs> I, I, watched I was watching way. it with my girlfriend and we kind of have this rule that we watch these things together. But I'm like, man, I can marathon this shit in a day. You will watch one episode maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks. So I just went the abridged version and I'm on like season four. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I haven't got I, past... Uh, that after um, the movie in Yu-Gi-Oh, I kind of lost interest in Yu-Gi-Oh. That being said, after rewatching all this, I realized they really did make it for an American, like almost like an American audience or kids, like to to promote it. Because honestly, they the story arcs seem like they could go on for longer. And if they were a modern anime and manga, they probably would. Because god dang it, I have actually watched a couple episodes. Of the new Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, Duel Monsters and all that. And they go on forever with their story arcs. This is, like, really short, quick story arcs in the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Don't forget, four kids got a hold of that. That's probably why. (laughs) That's, like... So, so Card Captors? Four kids got a hold of Card Captors, and the first episode in North America is, like, the 23rd episode in Japan. Why not? Like, it's infinitely more action-y in Japan than it is here. Like, they cut out all the action in North America because it's too violent for kids. See, what I would love to see with Yu-Gi-Oh! The original, instead of them re- redoing new, like, doing these new story arcs, I would actually like them to see, see them reboot Yu-Gi-Oh! So, they kind of did that. So they released that new Yu-Gi-Oh! movie with the original characters, so like Yugi and Kaiba and stuff. And then they started releasing uh not booster decks, um, like starter decks and stuff again, based around the movie characters, so like Yugi and Kaiba. And then with the uh Duel Links game, it's it's all the original like first season cast and stuff so far. They haven't even touched on, like, well, I guess they did do Elemental Heroes a little bit, but, like, there's no Synchro Summoning or anything yet. Yeah, I hope so, right now, they're just kind of grabbing everyone who got interested in 2001 again, and who knows if maybe they'll actually do a remake or continue on with the old characters, with just yeah. the old characters. Yeah, well, see, after, because Yami kind of disappeared, sort of, after, the way the, I don't know if you remember, you remember the end episode, is him kind of. No, I don't know if I ever actually saw the end episode, because I started watching this after the the first and second season were already rerunning, because I didn't give a shit about it when it first came out, and then... What I saw was mostly scattered because I didn't have PVR, and as a kid, I never for the life of me remembered when shows came on. It was just like, if I see a show and it's on, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I missed large amounts of, like, the second season and, the yeah, and not, uh, like, the ending give, episodes. At this point, it's not spoiler, because if you don't know the... If you're a Yu-Gi-Oh! fan and you don't know the ending, I'm assuming you won't be too upset if I just tell you what happened. Yeah, you can go ahead. 
Yugi and Yami duel for like the fate of everything kind of. And you uh I believe Yugi beats Yami and Yami goes back to his own timeline. Like like you know That dies. sounds kind of familiar. Maybe I did see it. So I don't know if they could continue unless they can come somehow write him back in. Right? I mean fucking GX happened and they get Yami in there. <laughs> yeah. Now um Or at least I'm pretty sure they do. Maybe. But what I would like them to do is all the storylines are really short. And you could tell there's a lot more going on, and they're so short it wouldn't take much to really nicely stretch them out into like their own seasons. Like really like twenty six episode seasons each story arc. So And they probably could have done a story arc with like um, dueling dice as well, instead of just a single episode. (laughs) (laughs) Dueling dice sucked. So the the thing that disappointed me after um the original T V series and the movie, the first movie, is that they kind of um made it a more kid kid kitty than it already was. Which was weird to me considering as it progressed, it got a little darker and more pushing that preteen teen space instead of kids. So they kind of like I think shot that's back maybe to what was happening there is it was kind of growing with its audience and then they kind of had to go back to recapture the kids. Because if you don't recapture the kids again, then your audience just keeps aging and eventually they'll not be there anymore. Well, and I get that, but do it on the same level as Pokemon. You know? They went too kitty, is what I'm getting at. It's not like they brought it uh, back to like the first the first story arc kitty level. That the first couple episodes of mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! They brought it that shit straight back. Um uh wait like, you know what's like most pushing Teletubbies kitty to me. Gross. You know what's most That's... disappointing about the first movie for me? What? There is no promo card in the Canadian release. I found a sealed copy of that DVD 13 years after that shit was released. That's because the Just promo cards came the out fucking the promo card. Well, when they released the, uh, the movie, they had a promo card in there too. They just didn't have it in the Canadian release. Okay. You know what's sad? Just the American one. Pissed me off. I had all the promo cards. Like, all of them. Because I went to see the movie more than once. Right? Surprisingly, yeah. I'm pretty sure I know what happens to my cards. If my brother ever hears this, I'm pretty sure he threw out my deck. <laughs> or more specifically, oh, just those car- those promo cards. Why? Because if you put those promo cards in your deck and you're not an idiot, you can pretty much beat anybody with any deck. That They, they can bring out any deck they want. And if you knew how to use those cards, you could pretty much wipe the floor with them even if they had the god cards see so. i have sphinx sphinx talea so like the girl sphinx and i got that from a friend of mine but when i went to see it in theaters i didn't get a card then i was um, kind of pissed off about that they might have run out actually well yeah they did run out but like i remember being pissed off after the fact because i didn't even know there was promo cards my friend's just like, oh, dude, there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! movie. Let's go watch it. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Let's do that. 
And then later I found out that he'd already gone like three times and had all these cards. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> Limited edition. What's that? <laughs> yeah. You couldn't actually use those in official duels either. Well, yeah, of course they're banned. Lots of shit's banned. Like, Dark Hole is banned. For Which is good sad. reasons, but it's fucking banned. <laughs> See, I got why these ones were banned, because they are overpowered, and they work exactly like they do in the in the movie. So, yeah, pretty much, you know, Actually, you're like a couple of moves in if you get a hand of all those in one hand, and next thing you know, your opponent's like, why the fuck do you have like 10,000 attack points on one monster? Well, why are you now at 15, 15k? <laughs> like, fuck yeah. you. Do you remember that one GX movie that was kind of in the background that one night I was at your place? It's yeah. kind of what that felt like, because it was like three against one, and their turns lasted for like five minutes, and it was just like, play this card, play that card, play this card, play that card, bring these guys back, destroy them, banish them, bring them back, tribute them, bring this guy, power him up, double him. I was just like, man, Yu-Gi-Oh got shit. <laughs> yeah. It pretty much got down to who has the most beastly fucking card to begin with. Pretty much. And the other big thing that disappoints me with the new Yu-Gi-Oh! Is hmm. the thing I loved out of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Is that it was all um, Egyptian themed. You know, the, the dual monsters came from Egypt, an ancient game kind of a thing. And I loved yeah. the, the Egyptian motif to a lot of the stuff, right? Yeah. And then they kind of just went, fuck, fuck that shit, let's try aliens. We're time traveling with motorcycles. And We're still, playing the like, card game on a motorcycle. Yeah, pretty much. See, instead of bringing out like a new bad from Egypt and stuff like that, because, you know, nothing ha supposedly happened in Egypt after the, the first pharaoh, Yami, died and got sealed in the, <laughs> in the Millennium Puzzle. Yeah. It couldn't have been villains before him, good guys before that, or villains before from before that, or after that, playing the game. But, you know. Just just bring back Bakura. Yeah. He, he was the best part anyways. Pretty much. Just had them all trick. <sighs> so I think you know this is a good, good point to wrap this up, dude. Yeah, good point to wrap up. But you know what had, a, before I go, you know what had a good storyline? The first game what? on um, PlayStation. One that was Yu-Gi-Oh. That actually had a I'm good storyline. I know you still have it. I'm still trying to find it at a decent price. I'll find it. It's probably in one of my boxes, and we can play it one day. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen the the Yu-Gi-Oh game that came out on Game Boy, like the original Game Boy. Actually, it might no. have been Game Boy Color. It was Game Boy Color. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that like, surprised me. You you get a, a really, really kind of bogged down image of whatever card it is. No description, no way to tell what anything is. It's just so oversimplified that you don't even know what you're doing anymore unless you actually know what the card is. Now, before we go, considering we didn't really do our main topic and we kind of moved it even though we already announced what our main topic is, just tell everybody what you do as a career, and tell tell me if you think it's geeky or nerdy in any way. Quickly, give that accounting. Up. Not 
really nerdy or geeky. Despite being entirely math-based? Well, that's just the thing, is it's not entirely math-based. In fact, the majority of it's problem-solving. Now, question. Would you say it's, it's viewed as being geeky or nerdy, despite it not actually being geeky or nerdy? Yes, because everyone thinks we're just bean counters. They're mistaking a bookkeeper for an accountant. Yep. And even then, when you're a bookkeeper... You reach the end, you add the numbers. You don't fucking have to literally count. <laughs> See, at least you, your misconception makes sense when they misconcept you with a bookkeeper and they're like, you're nerdy. They misconcept mine with the guys from Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, and the one girl from Mummy, yet we're still considered geeky. Despite all those characters like being major action movies. So... Like, when your image pulls up Bookkeeper, essentially, when people think about you. Mine pulls up Indiana Jones, but yet I'm still a ge still geeky. So. But yeah, that's, that's careers oh, for well. you, right? Yeah. Yep. So we'll, that we'll was the this. quickest main topic ever. <laughs> yep. Um, outgoing question. Let us know um, whether you think your uh, career or future career is geeky or nerdy, and why. Other than that, good day. Goodbye. Further well. And all the fancy, old-fashioned goodbyes that we can muster. Thank you for listening to Podcast TBD. If you're on iTunes, be sure to subscribe to us and leave us a five-star rating. We'll read your review on the show. If there's anything you want us to talk about or just want to be a part of the conversation, then tweet at us at the Podcast TBD or comment on our Facebook at Podcast TBD. Thanks again, and until next time.